tonight on Rogue Padrin. A Ray of Hope, Memory Wipe, Part Wedge, Memory Wipe, Part Corin, Help from an Old Friend, and Laura's Big Promotion. This is Rogue Leader, all wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Tech pew okay. going on there. <laughs> <laughs> Just continue blowing things up. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, what's that? We are children. We are Literal such children. <laughs> we are such children. <laughs> Accurate. So tonight on season two, mission nine of Rogue Padron. And welcome. I realize that was the wrong thing to say, but welcome. <laughs> We're here. Welcome. Welcome. In case you forgot who we are and why you're listening to us, we have Heath, Rogue 3, and if he was a Ben and Jerry's flavor, he would be American Dream because God bless America. Amen. Oh, Mag, are you doing Ben and Jerry's flavors tonight? <laughs> oh, no. Danny's like on hold 30. Danny's on hold 30. Oh, no. This is so oh, mean. No. Well, I haven't eaten today, so it's, you know, okay, fair. We're on, we're on level ground then. So, Seth, Rogue Seven, would be spectacular speculoos because she is spectacular and it sounds just a little bit foreign, just like her. Oh, so cute. We have Danny, Rogue Six, who would be a swirl of difference because of his thoughtful insight on dismantling the patriarch. Yes. Also, what is yeah. a swirl of difference? I don't know that one. Uh, so it's a pe- it's a new one, but it's a peanut butter ice cream with chunky peanut butter and raspberry jam. Okay. Oh Are you God. allergic to peanuts? Because that'd be really bad. No, I am <laughs> okay. going to eat that on day 31. <laughs> Perfect. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would obviously be the Tonight Dope because I definitely need some cookies tonight. Preach. <laughs> Preach. I have a Rogue One question. Let's hear it. Um, wow. <laughs> are you surprised? Yes. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> So we uh, have a TV show called Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. and it has definitely been renewed for season three, which means that it's going to be happening concurrently with the release of Rogue One. Uh, I'm curious to know how you all think they should handle that. Do you want to see some crossover with the Rogue One movie since they're in a similar time period? Do you want Star Wars Rebels to lead right into Rogue One? Do you want them to be completely disconnected? Uh, what do you want to see? And what do you think will actually happen if those are different things? Hmm, that's a really excellent question, Danny. Thanks. It is. I think I want it to be disconnected for the most part, but like one or two characters that are in both, like maybe side characters in both of them, like they pop up once in Rebels and then you see them kind of have a line in Rogue One or something. Would be kind of yeah, cool. like the, the general of Admiral or whoever. Um, I don't remember his name, but General Sato. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Like, it'd be neat to see, like, him, because he's not, like, 
a reoccurring character that we really have feelings for, but like he is a huge part of the rebellion, obviously. So it would make sense. Oh my gosh, (laughs) it would make sense to see him, but and it wouldn't like take away from either thing. Yeah, I I feel like some minimal tie-ins would be fine. I also think that's realistically what to expect. Um, I think Lucasfilm knows that the audience for Rebels is much, much smaller, so having some intensely meaningful connection between the two just wouldn't really work because there's going to be so many people seeing the movie who have never seen and probably won't ever see an episode of Rebels. Um, That doesn't mean they can't put stuff in that sort of heightens the experience a bit for people who have seen Rebels. There's just not really much of an incentive for them to do so. Like, we haven't seen it yet in the show, Um, but Ezra, you see it in the trailer, Ezra pulls out one of those cross-guard lightsabers like Kylo Ren has, which we've learned from the visual dictionary that that's from, like, Malachor or something like that, something. Some old fight, basically. Like, it's an ancient Jedi thing. And they kind of have a callback yep. to Kylo Ren's lightsaber, Rebels, because Ezra finds a similar one, which I assume is very ancient and is kind of the origin of Kylo Ren's lightsaber. And it's not necessarily directly linked to Kylo Ren right. or The Force Awakens, but it has kind of visual callbacks and lore callbacks. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be a case where, like, that lightsaber becomes Kylo Ren's. Yeah. Like, the, there are people who, like, saw that in the trailer and were like, oh, this must mean Ezra's Snoke. And, like, no. there's No. They're not no. going to make, like, that much of a connection. <laughs> Austin the two, is Snoke. but like <laughs> everyone is Snoke. But the, I, I think that's a really good example of a way that they can sort of tie in together without it, without having seeing one, without it being necessary to see one, to mm-hmm. see the other one. Yeah, and I, I think the comparison there is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Which, as much as I have my hangups with it currently. Uh, one thing they did do brilliantly uh, back when I was really following MCU closely was that the the TV show tied in really well with the movies, but the movies mm-hmm. always stood alone because they figured if you're going to sit down and watch a TV show every week, you're definitely going to go see the movies. So it's a fun way to make it, um, you know, tie in for those fans. But definitely everyone going to the movies is not watching the TV show. So it was. I thought it was really brilliant how they managed to make it so you can enjoy the movies without the TV show, but you can also watch the TV show, and that can can buffer that. And I expect that we'll see a similar thing with Rogue One and Star Wars Rebels. Exactly. Anyone anyone who watches Rebels is going to go see Rogue One, but there's a ton of people who are going to go see Rogue One who have never seen and never will see Rebels. Yes. Yeah, and they may also, after seeing Rogue One, want to go see Rebels. Like, they'll want to see more from that era of Star Wars, and Rebels will be, you know, the perfect kind of side piece for that. And so they'll probably, yeah, have references of some sort, references or characters or, like, callbacks in some form, so the people who do come and watch it from Rogue One have that link to Rogue One as well. Yeah, that's super true, because, like, I didn't go back and watch S.H.I.E.L.D. until Winter, uh, Winter Soldier happened, and, like, people were talking about, oh, my yeah, God, same. like, the concurrent thing that happens to explain in S.H.I.E.L.D. is so good, and I'm like, okay, well, now I really want to watch S.H.I.E.L.D., so... Yeah, I did the same thing. And for Thor as well. Like those were the things that made me go back and watch Shield because mm-hmm. I wanted to see how it linked the with the movies, which was really cool. I liked I liked how they did that. Agreed. Good cool. talk, guys. Thanks for sharing your thoughts, everybody. Good question, Danny. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for the good question. <laughs> we're also complimentary tonight. <laughs>
It's because we saw each other's faces. <laughs> it's true. We're it not like faceless internet. Everything has changed. <laughs> we should never have done this. <laughs> We've made a huge mistake. <laughs> well, speaking of huge mistakes, let's get into the discussion. <laughs> Pretty much. Slow clap. <laughs> So in chapter 33, we have Lore calling Isard from Derricott's office. And he's doing that to report that the Kratos virus is not doing as well as he promised um, in the Solistans. It's fine. So Everything the incubation... is fine. Everything is going to be fine. It's okay. <laughs> so it's all good. The incubation period is longer than 10 days, and it hasn't become a viable airborne option yet, which is great for everybody else, bad for Lore. And although Lore's deadline of two weeks to keep the rogues at bay has passed, it was based on the 10-day incubation estimate, so he really has nothing to try to appease Iceheart with. We find out that Kratos best transmits through injection or ingestion, and flesh transmission, which was like a weird thing to read, only has a 20% infection rate. The virus can live about 36 hours outside of a host, but more if it's frozen in like the water supply, which is where they're going to dump it. And they haven't yet tested species migration, which was the whole point of grabbing all of those samples. I, like, have a bad feeling that it's going to... They haven't tested it, and it's going to end up transferring to humans or something, and they'll be like, God damn it. Guess whose fault that will be? <laughs> It'll be Lore's. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it will be Lore's. <laughs> Absolutely. So Derricot is to immediately start replicating the current strains of the virus and dumping it into the water supply as soon as it's ready. And he could infect the entire planet within four days. It, so that's kind of terrifying. The Imperials just have, like, zero regard for the environment, for the population. Like, this, <laughs> this no. is just, like, straight up, we do what we want. Yeah. They're not even masking This is it. why we don't have like Have you met the Imperials? Imperials? <laughs> Isard then orders Laura to stop the rogues before they make their big first move to liberate Imperial Center, even if it means killing them. So before, she kind of wanted to keep them alive, just so it would be really convenient. You know, we can blame this on them. But now it doesn't matter. Don't let them get any more ahead than they already are. After Lord gets off the call, he finally does something, and he beats up Derricot a little bit. <laughs> this was weird. I was rooting for Kiritan Lore for a moment. I know. It was, was really the badass. He, like, hung up the call, and then he just immediately walked over there and whacked him in the gut. It was great. For the first then, time, he we... wasn't just useless. Yeah. And I really liked it because he also d- did just, like, slap him open-handed in the face when... <laughs> Derricot tried to back talk, and he's like, "Nope, nope, not happening." <laughs> he got a backbone, a backbone all of a sudden. Whoa, <laughs> yeah, I've mind. So, I mean, Stackpole well, only said dear. the word "spine" like seven times in these chapters. <laughs> Shush, Inception. <laughs> so Derek, so Derricot, but Laura finally did something, and he orders Derricot to save a solicit adult and a child to prove the effectiveness of the backta, oh. which will prove to the rebels that they can be cured and therefore make them feel like they have to cure everybody. Ugh. They like went into where the Solistans were being held 
and they started mm-hmm. describing like this adult who was caring for a child. And of course, we're all thinking it's Errol Nub, right? Even though it's probably just a random Solston. But I mean, you just know that they're all like huddled under their blankets, like slowly dying. But they're Solston, so they're all feverish. just like, "It's fine. We're great. Everything's good. Just stay positive. It'll all be great." Because that's just their nature. Oh, they're so sweet. Well, and- I have such a sad face right now. <laughs> And Kirtan, like, there's a, a brief, brief, brief line in there that he looks over and sees the Korans melting, and that's it. Yeah. That's all yeah. it says. That, that was the, that was the only mention they got. What? I was it's drinking, just melting. like, I was drinking a frappuccino at the time, right? I was just sitting there reading this, and I read the Korans melting, and I said to put the drink down. I was like, yep, yeah, I'm not touching that for a little while now. Put your frappuccino with the jelly. Oh no! Oh, Saf. It had jelly in the bottom too, so it did not make me feel better. Okay. Oh my Saf. gosh, it's a corn frappuccino. Yes, Danny. Oy vey. <laughs> Oy vey. <Yeah. laughs> so that was the exciting first chapter in this week's reading. Moving on to the next one, we're back to Wedge and a Trandoshan, uh, Pasha, I think, Prasha, Pasha. I didn't write it down. But anyway. Posh Spice. Posh Spice. <laughs> the Trandoshan Posh Spice are delivering <laughs> the cores, the, uh, the tampered with memory cores to the main computer. And so three out of their full load of cores have the Alliance secret infiltration codes on them. And Posh Spice was instructed to accidentally drop a core. <laughs> None of them. If none of them were in the group of ten that they were hauling. Unfortunately, Posh Spice did accidentally drop one, one of the Alliance ones. Ugh, that's what you get for hiring a Trandoshan named Posh Spice. Oops. True. <laughs> there, there was a quick, another throwaway line uh, where Wedge scratched at the beard he had grown to help disguise oh, himself. Yeah. <gasps> Wedge yep. has so, a beard? Yeah, oh my bearded God. Wedge. And Wedge are the same person now. Yeah, I like it. I'm so into a bearded wedge. Like, I, I want this in the new movies. <laughs> Have, like, a spinoff about wedge and he needs a beard in it. Mm. <laughs> that You might you might want to beef up your plot a little bit there, Saf. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. We just need a beard. <laughs> I'm going to Photoshop a beard onto wedge. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Hipster wedge. Well, I was flying X-Wings before it was cool. It's <laughs> Hip- hipster wedge. New meme hipster I love wedge. This. So wedge thankfully tricks the imperial technician into picking a replacement core from the two alliance ones they have left. This is a trick he learned from Mirax's dead booster Tarek. Before they get much further, they are ambushed by surprise other rogues. And although they have plenty of bullets, there are a ton of stormtroopers. Like, more than even if a random patrol happened to be by. Korn and Mirax were supposed to be keeping their exit clear with other members of Black Sun, but Wedge can't contact them. So they fall back on a secondary plan, but Wedge and Yella end up pinned down. For some reason, they allowed Patches to organize the lookouts. Such a was- bad idea. <laughs> like- Such a bad idea. Why? Their continued alliance with this guy just continues to make no sense. It's just, I don't... Patches, come on! (laughs) I mean, they gave him, like, a job outside of the area, I guess. And they gave him a job with, like, no guns, but... Yeah. It didn't work out well for them. You should have just not given Patches a job. (laughs) 
And at this point, Wedge is like, oh, Patch has obviously sold us out. But keep in mind that nobody knows that he was actually working for Laura at the time. So the while this is happening, the repulsor lift holding the memory cores accidentally ran into the hover swing and exploded. So everything's a mess right now. Wedge took a lot of damage, but the Stormies end up taking the brunt of the blast and gave them a path to escape. Meanwhile... Korin and Mirax wait in the plant supervisor's office. And Corin sees everything going okay, and this is concurrent to the previous chapter, but still feels like something isn't right. This was like, uh, once again, Stackpole hitting us over the head with Corin sensing things and feeling things, and it just keeps coming up, and I am going to stick to my Corin as a secret is he Jedi false theory. Sensitive? Yeah. I'm starting to think he is. Like, I'm starting to agree with you that he might be force sensitive, and that's where all this is coming from. Like, he just seems to have too much of a knack for sensing these things coming. I mean, just, like, just entertain the thought for a second. Like, Corrin would be literally the worst Jedi in the entire galaxy. At least by, like, oh my the, God. the prequel era standards. Like, yeah. No emotions. Corrin's like, I'm ready to murder, and... No relations. Corrin would be the worst. Yeah, good, good luck with that. Uh, no. Nope. No. So that makes me want it even more. <laughs> Just to see how bad he can screw up. So when I, you say I, secret Jedi, do you mean that he's already been trained? Or like in a little bit in the Force? Oh, or does he not know that he's Force sensitive? No, he has no idea. I mean, I think we would know because we've seen so much of his inner monologue. But I, I do think he has a touch of Force oh, yeah. sensitivity. He, and I think it's connected let... to either Halhorn or his grandpa and that, that uh, thing that he wears around his neck. Yeah, yeah, and he would let everyone yeah, around him know... Danny about it if he knew <laughs> <Yes>. about it <laughs> i'm cornhorn and i'm force sensitive <laughs> look at me i'm a jedi that would be cool. so accurate <laughs> he'd he'd like ask the ladies if they want to see his lightsaber Ugh. oh so true <laughs> i'm picturing so him and bro jace at the gym and bro jace is like bench lifting and corn is laying on the bench next to him and lifting the weights with his brain and he's like, bro, do you even lift? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so bad, but I love it. Seriously, though, I am with Danny. I do think he's got full sensitivity. Oh, we're mm. going to be so disappointed, Saf. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> we're going to be so wrong. I feel like you'll be disappointed either way. Fair enough. <laughs> Corn is going to continue to be a disappointment to us, yes. regardless <laughs> of what happens. Just need to get used to that, I guess. <laughs> So Mirax is just watching the video and admiring Wedge's gamble smuggler moves. And while that's happening, Corrin notices that like smoke is happening and the Stormies end up blowing in the door to the office, which throws Corrin across the room and leaves him in not such a good shape. Mirax and Corrin manage to hold them off, but only had to have to deal with more troops on speeder bikes outside. They, of course, handle it because they're both ballers, and they end up taking out a speeder bike to save a random airspeeder. And it turns out that Inuri Forge is the pilot of that and came back to help them. Yay! Yes! I'm so happy about this. And, of course, she's she plays it all, like, general. super cool, and, oh, I didn't come back to save you. I was just happened to pass this way. Yeah. <laughs> happened to be in the neighborhood. Yeah, whatever, girl. You love him. And... No, I'm not love okay them, that. love them, not love Corin. Love them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, can that I want, not I want be a her thing to, like, ever? Oh, uh, Inuri and Murex would be cute. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Do it. And Corin is there in the back seat, mopping up his blood, trying to think <laughs> of who betrayed them. And he runs through the do. list as he does. And he runs through the list. And I just thought it'd be it was funny to mention that he only believes that Winter is corrupt is incorruptible because Pash and Wedge and Yella vouched for her. She has three solid references. She's good to go. Corin has a lot of trust issues. God. <laughs> but I mean, I guess that's fair time. after working for Corsic. Yeah, but no matter how much everyone vouches for Tycho, he's like, no, Tycho's evil. Yeah. So. Yeah, okay, that. Li- literally, okay because, you know, Winter's pretty. Like, yeah, yeah, that's probably why, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right, because how many people have vouched for Tycho at this point? <laughs> everybody right that's the thing like the whole squadron is like dude Tycho's okay get over it and he's like nope 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 even though he like, saved me a billion times those, oh, same, those same exact three people he mentioned have yeah. vouched for Tycho like what what are you doing Corn? I really liked when you both started doing a Corn voice at the same time <laughs> just Corn being Corn. <laughs> Corn gonna Corn. Corn's gonna Corn. and of course in the end Corin comes to the conclusion that it had to be Patches. It could be nobody else but Patches. So Aniri takes them to the designated meetup where Patches told her to come if something went wrong. And while there, Corin ends up, like, touching Patches' speeder bike. Uh, As you and do. notices Why not? the engine is cold. <laughs> which means that he wasn't out there keeping watch because he, was, he knew what would happen and he didn't want to get caught in the crossfire. Patches, of course, then comes out of the shadows with a blaster and plans to kill Corin. And he tells them that Lore, you know, just wants a body in exchange for his safe passage and new identity. But uh, before he can actually shoot Corin, Inyiri fatally shoots Patches. Dun dun dun! This, so part, this part was so intense. It really yeah. was. I, was. I knew I was she would do it. And I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. So Corin runs over to Patches, and trying to torture Corin, he tells him that Lore already knew about the rogues, and that there's another betrayer in their midst. And Corin, instead of taking the bait, thanks him for telling him about the enemy he didn't realize he had. And then he dies knowing that he helped Cornhorn, which I guess is like the worst thing you can do. <laughs> Meanwhile, Corin <laughs> is probably thinking it's Tycho in his head. Duh. Of He's course, like, oh, uh, it's the ghost of Tycho. Who else oh, I, I already knew it. It's Tycho. Uh so Corin spends like ten minutes, model inner monologuing about <laughs> yep. how he wants to know why Iniri did it, but is not going to ask her. And eventually, she's like, "Do you want to know why I did it?" <laughs> and Corin's like, "Yes." <laughs> I I really hope he does just stand there for like minutes at a time, just silently like staring off into the distance. Right. Like, he's inner monologuing again. <laughs> Damn it, Corin. Or just staring at her with like a really dumb look on his face. That's how I pictured it. At. Yeah, right. Pictured it. He's just Corin, like Corin, Corin. And just finally, she's just so uncomfortable that she's Corin. like, "I'll just tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you." Okay. <laughs> okay. Wait. First up, have I said that I suspect Dorisi is the spy yet? Like Ma- today, many times. Or in general. <laughs> okay. Just making sure because I I keep forgetting who I think the spy is, and then I remember. <laughs> how do you? <laughs> really committed like, to that theory, aren't you? Sam? <laughs> I really am. Apparently, I can't remember it half the time, but I'm committed. 
Oh my gosh, Seth. Heath, who do you You're think so it is? Special. I don't know. I go back and forth between. I'm not uh, between lots of people. I'm I'm still not ruling Gavin out. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Who do you think it is, Danny? I think it's Rosati. Uh, possible. You'll always be mortal enemies about this. Yeah, I, until I think at the, the I think at this point I'm leaning towards Rosati or Erisi. <laughs> That's right in the middle between. Them. I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, okay, we can it at could, least it agree could be that it's of one them. of those two, right? Like, who else could I think it possibly so. be? Oral. Well, because it has to be a human. No, no. Oral would Not never. Oral. I'm kidding. Oral, I'm kidding. He would not be like using the right name all the time if it was him. He'd feel so no. guilty. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Good point. Um, yeah, not Gavin. It's not Gavin. <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying it's Gavin, but it's not Gavin. I know. It's most. It's just a joke when I say it's Gavin. Are we sure um, it's not Tycho? Danny. Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you like this? I mean, did you read? <laughs> did you read chapter thirty-six? <laughs> oh, poor Gavin. <laughs> um, Saf, do you want to do a dramatic reading for us of Inerys? <laughs> Beautiful monologue explaining why she did what she did to Corin. Coming from Kissel, it mocks you. No one respects you because they assume you're a criminal. When you tell them you aren't, they just assume you're a liar. Even the prisoners don't respect you. They will come from worlds that have more going for them than spice mines in a prison. If you're born there, you can never escape. Thine helped me escape. He respected me. He made others respect me. He made me respect me. Yet in all the time I was with him, I knew that he was not the sort of person I had been raised to respect. He was the antithesis of everything my parents had taught me was good and right in the galaxy. But he respected you and valued you in a way that you never thought you'd find. Exactly. Every time you would show up, I'd be reminded of what I'd been raised to believe. I tried to keep you away, but in the middle of a light fight, you and Gavin run out and pull me out of the street. Thine didn't do that. You didn't turn around and come back for me. But I missed the signs even then. Today you didn't warn me about what would happen at Factory. If you two hadn't been there in the garage, I would have died. And when we got here, the central concern was killing you, not the fact I'd survived. I realized that Thine did respect me, but only for my usefulness to him. He thought he could trust me implicitly, which is rare among the members of the Black Sun. So he saved me from Kessel, but you saved me from the Imps. And through that, saved me from thinking I was worthless. That was worth more than Thine's respect. Or his life. I guess that favor you said you owed my sister has been redeemed. So beautiful. She is so beautiful. I love her the so much. Fortunes are so good. It's so good. I just, I'm so glad that Aniri's awesome because... I was so excited for her, and then she ends up being a really cool character, and now I'm like, yes, I am I am redeemed in my love for her. Redeemed's not the right word, but, you know. You're validated. Justified. Yeah, I'm validated in my love for her. Mm-hmm. It's not just an empty name. No. And with that, where are my show notes? And with that, <laughs> <laughs> we go back to the rogues who are not having quite as good of time. Nope, and, not as great. <laughs> and it starts off with Gavin thinking, if the Force is with us, it's definitely the dark side. <laughs> That's not how the Force works. 
Meg, I literally <laughs> wrote that exact same note in my in my book. <laughs> what did I? I read that line and I was like, "That's not how the force works." <laughs> oh, baby Gavin. Oh, baby Gavin. He doesn't know anything. Gavin, nope. okay, is or not force sensitive. No, <laughs> no, I think that's pretty clear. <laughs> Poor Gavin. <laughs> Gavin is not force sensitive. So that the group, the other group, hasn't been able to shake any of the stormtroopers that are coming after them. And no matter how many they gun down, there are more troopers on their tail. And being the leader, Wedge broke a classic horror movie rule and ordered them to go up in order to escape. What Wedge may probably realize, but what nobody else thinks this is a good idea, is that he chose a building that didn't attach to any other buildings until the 50th floor. So they have to make it up 50 floors running injured to safety. Maybe. Yay. Good job, Wedge. <laughs> I bet they're all going to die. They get, yeah. They get to Ooh. a kind of a stopping point where they're in a room and they just basically can't move anywhere. And Wedge very helpfully just yells, stay down. And Gavin's like, that's basically surrendering. <laughs> <laughs> he's so positive they're all going to die. Kiritan Lore isn't the only one who grew a spine this week. Yeah. Gavin's like speaking up against Wedge now after his whole run-in with the, the Lady Boffin. Right. Yeah, he got some he got some confidence. It's yeah. good. Dr. Corn's love hour paid off. <laughs> Gosh, Dr. <God>. Corn. <laughs> I don't think he's a real doctor. I doubt it. <laughs> Suddenly, a Z ninety five hand hunter appears and takes out all the pursuing stormtroopers just by firing at the building with its lasers. And miraculously none of the rogues are hurt. Who knew? Perfect. Once inside, which is hilarious because Wedge gets the headhunter first, and Wedge is like, Gavin, get in! And Gavin, of course, is like, you first! Gavin, that's not how it works. That's, that's not how command works. <laughs> no. Nope. He's such a baby. You have to save no. the precious babies first. Yeah. What, what if, if Gavin the, the is The women like... and children first, that's how it always works. <laughs> it is. What if Gavin is like Corin in the next book? No. No. Where he's just, like, walking around like, I'm Gavin, and I'm the coolest. Spoiler alert, that never happens. <laughs> oh, thank God. I'm okay with that spoiler. He's still, he's still from Tatooine. Of course. Yep. Oh, Gavin, you'll always be that little boy I knew on Tatooine. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> Once all of the rogues are safely inside, Let's pretend it never happened. <laughs> a familiar winky face greets them. It's M Trey. No! <laughs> and who is flying the headhunter? Why, it's everyone's favorite, probably a spy, Tycho. <laughs> Zombie Tycho. I got so excited at this part. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> At first, okay. I thought it was just M Trey flying, and I was like, "What is happening? <laughs> when did he learn how to do this? This is not okay. It's, it's not a safe. Don't get in." Ship flying protocol. Well, because like we've seen three PO like fly a ship, and it's not. Good. It's it never ends well. Gavin feels temporarily betrayed <laughs> because Wedge lied to them. 
which is just so sweet. <laughs> and because they were all told that they had both died yep. in, on Nokov Nokovzor, Nokovizer, I don't care. And <laughs> <laughs> I really like Nokovizer. <laughs> and to see, you know, these ghosts appear He's probably also happy, but also, how could how could my commander lie to me? <laughs> you told oh. me they were dead. It was true from a certain point of view. Oh no. Oh, yep. Dear. So Wedge explains to the rogues that he had brought Tycho and Emtray in for two reasons. One, that secrets are never secret, and they can always be used as currency. So if the Rebellion ever wanted to get some information from another party, an, an allied party, they could always tell them that, oh, well, well, the rogues are Imperial Center and we're planning this thing. And the more people who know a secret, the less likely it stays a secret. And number two, that the opposition can only deal with things that they know about. So with Wedge having super secret Tycho and M-Tray party power team, it meant that he had an asset that no one could plan for. This, <clears throat> I found the most interesting thing about this is that Wedge knew Tycho was on Coruscant the whole time, so that whole scene with Corrin last week was all an act. And Corrin yeah. and all of mm. his high and mighty, mm. I'm from Coruscant, I can tell when anyone is lying, did not see through it at all. Corrin gonna be so mad. Yeah, yeah Cor- so Corrin will not be pleased. Right. And I... When Gavin threw can't a fit, it was pretty cute. When Corrin throws a fit... He's gonna straight up think that Tycho is the spy now, though. Like, Absolutely. He's, alive, he's gonna, yeah. like, go at him. X-Wing Civil He's War. definitely gonna think that Tycho's civil. It is. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> totally. Except nobody would take Corrin's side. Uh, some might. The establishment the take We side. said the same thing about yeah. Iron Man, and yet somehow there's Black Widow standing next to him, so what Ugh. are we gonna do? Come on, Black Widow. It's fine. Uh, I don't blame Black Panther. He doesn't know how politics in America work. <laughs> so X-Wings. Yeah, so X-Wings. <laughs> Funny, like, it was everyone but Heath who went off on that tangent, too. <laughs> he was, I think he was being silent for our own sake, potentially. He was emotionally compromised. <laughs> he went to a yeah, I, coma. <laughs> I heard several other things. Don't worry about it. Yep. Anyway, this the end of this chapter made me really, really want a short comic series or something that's like a Tycho M-Tray buddy cop series. That's where our they're just like, Heath. Oh, okay, we'll get there. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> good job, Heath. You're so smart. Good, good foreshadowing. I'm sure that was very intentional. Yeah. Very, very much so. Yeah. So Tycho delivers a message to Wedge and all the rogues by proxy that they have 48 hours to take down Coruscant's shields. Bum, bum, bum. And their current attempt just totally failed, so who knows what they're going to do now. Just blow everything up, it's fine. Yeah, it's cool, whatever. <laughs> so we go back to Lore, who is once again having his booty handed to him by Isard. Every statement he makes, Isard disagrees with, and he has to backtrack to explain, oh, well, that's not quite exactly what I meant. <laughs> and it's like, Lore, just stop, just stop. <laughs> Isard knew that Patches was working for Lore, even though he tried to keep it secret. And she mentions to Lore that because Corrin Horn keeps evading, and because Lore is so frightened of him, that she really wants to meet him now. 
I got okay. That got me really excited because the thought of Corin and Isat meeting is really, really cool. Like she views him as potentially like an actual threat because of how yeah. he's done all of this. Like she sees him as somebody that she would want to meet, but she is this intense woman that like terrifies everyone. And I bet that Corin would have like a ten minute monologue about she's so evil, but she's so hot. I don't know how to <laughs> feel about this kind of Her thing. Waist is so slender. Be- <laughs> I don't know. It just seems really cool. I like. It, I kind of imagine it like. I hate to bring in the Hunger Games, but you know, like, Alma Coyne. Do you, Coyne, do like, you hate to bring in the Hunger Games? I always feel bad bringing it up, but like, when she's fully, like, at the end of Mockingjay Part 2, um, or the end of Mockingjay in general, and like, Katniss kind of meets her, and they're both on different sides at that point, and Isat's just so, like, I don't know, Isat's just such a politically cool character, and I want to see how her and Corrin would interact, because he's very... He's not the brightest, and he's very single-minded, whereas she's, like, looking at every single option. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just opposite enough to make it really interesting. But as as frustrating as Corrin is sometimes, you can't deny that he's good at whatever he ends up doing mm-hmm. when it's yeah. not love advice. And, like, somehow <laughs> everything he's involved in always works out for the better. He's full sensitive, or maybe he's just good. Yeah, maybe he's just really lucky. Yeah. <laughs> also, maybe he's just good at stuff. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Could be. Can I read my favorite, very brief exchange of dialogue from this chapter? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Playing with corn horn is playing with fire. I am ice heart. I do not burn. Oh my god! I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> I, I highlighted that with the note me. Yep. <laughs> Wait, are you Corin or Iceheart in that analogy? I'm I'm Ice I'm Iceheart. Seth doesn't burn. She's Iceheart. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, I I read that several times. Like I just kept going over those lines as I was doing show notes, and I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's so like, cheesy. Like I can't it's imagine. It's like eye rollingly bad. <laughs> like I can't imagine someone saying that in real life. Right? All right. It sounds like something that you know Daenerys would say, except like the opposite, I guess. I guess I don't know. He's a fire, but like it just seems like it's it is a very cheesy line. It's so cheesy, but it's ice heart. So like you can't be like, oh come on, because right. she'll kill you. Yep. She'll eat your heart right there. She so. sees no irony in the statement. No. She's like, this is an obvious answer to this statement, obviously. You're like, no. People don't say things like that. I love her so much. <laughs> Isard also notices that Lore isn't as terrified as he used to be, and that he's kind of starting to grow a spine and not be as, quite as incompetent as he used to be before. But he's still super foolish, and we all know that. And Lore has this mon- like inner monologue of how he's addicted to fear, and he's always been living in fear for, I guess, ever, and he's gotten to the point where it's like crushed him into a diamond, and now he's stronger on the outcome for it. It's really awful. <laughs> <laughs> I made up the diamond part, but that's what I thought of when I read it. <laughs> <laughs> These books have, like, I mean... The, the writing is good for some things, and then it does stuff like that, and I'm like, does this sound good in your head? Sounds so cool in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Can 
Kiritan lore either didn't get enough or got way too many like participation ribbons when he was a child. <laughs> He's in the he grew up in the Empire, so probably way too many. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kiritan lore, you're so awful. And in preparation for Coruscant's invasion, Isart is removing herself to her Lusankia facility. And she's going to leave. She offers Lore a the head. A, she offers Lore a position to be in charge of the Papa Palpatine counterinsurgency front, which is a network of commandos and terrorist cells left on Coruscant to further disrupt the Alliance after they have claimed the planet. And Lore is a stupid, stupid head because this doesn't raise any red flags. <laughs> He's just like, He's just like oh, oh, she's she definitely gonna me. kill me. <laughs> And yeah. Lore and Isar also had an uncomfortable exchange when Lore asked what his reward was. And Isar, let me find it, because it was just, ugh, it just made me feel weird inside, and not in, like, a good way. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's a way to put it. <laughs> well, you know. I like that, like, she refers to what they're going to be doing as annoying the rebellion. It just puts it so mildly. <laughs> they're terrorist cells. We are going to spam their inboxes so hard. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have so many calls to their phones during, like, mealtimes. During a meeting. Right. We're going to flush the toilets while they're showering. (laughs) So rude. Okay, what is this? Kirtan rubbed a hand over his chin. If I succeed, what will my reward be? If you succeed, you will do so because you will have mastered skills few people today, today possess. In that case, Kirtan Lore, you will be a, in the position to tell me what your reward shall be and to wrest it from me if I am foolish enough to deny it to you. I'm and uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> so uncomfortable. <laughs> They're so weird. Why is she like this? <laughs> because I saw She does not burn. <laughs> Every decision she makes, she asks herself, "Will this put fear into the hearts of my enemies?" And somehow she says yes. Yep. <laughs> Mentally, she's like, "Yes, this absolutely would." And then it doesn't take a lot like, to why, put why? fear into the heart of Lore. No, he is a weenie. It's true. But yeah, this raises red flags. Why is yep. Icehard leaving right as the whole thing is coming to a climax, Lore? Maybe you should be a little more worried about your own life here instead of being so proud of your promotion. Yep. Yep. I'm curious little about, lore. like, these, like, seeds of the end of the rebellion or whatever that she mentioned. Like, she's got some some intense plans back on Lusankia, and I want to know what they are. I well, yeah, I mean, she has out. a couple of spies. What? I, I, I said I bet we're going to find out. Uh, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe not. If we don't, I'm going to cry, because I just want to know more about her. I want a whole book about her. That would be really good. I would read it. One of our upcoming books is titled Ice Heart's Revenge. It is. Oh, uh, I'm into that. Yeah. Which book is it? <laughs> X-Wing. Ice later. Heart's Revenge. It's later. I mean, which number? <laughs> which number? <laughs> 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 yeah, <what's up? laughs> 
I think Danny. I think Danny left. <laughs> okay, bye, Danny. Danny's like bash out. Bash out. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. I don't. I think. I don't think. I think we have to meet the rates first. Ah, uh, um, yes. The 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 infamous ray that I know literally nothing about. Let me see. It. I'll look. It, I'll look it up. When our listeners will literally explode with excitement. Okay, so yeah, Seth, you have a long way to go. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's uh, it's book eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whew, okay, we'll get there eventually. I have that to look forward to. You will, but you, we will all learn a lot more about Isard in the meantime. I was going to say, Seth, that means like that either Isard lives through all that time, which is really awesome, or she has a twin sister that we're not going to find out about until after she dies, a la Lujane, which will still be awesome. Or... So. Or she gets Darth Mauled. <laughs> she gets Darth Mauled. Or she just spider leg Isard. Isard's revenge. I'm not into that. That scares me. <laughs> no, she could just die and then have like a really elaborate plan that just comes back and bites them all afterwards. Oh. Which would be cool too. But who knows? Who knows? I have no clue where these books are going at all, so I'm excited. Same. Speaking of being excited, we asked you an awesome question last week. Who is more infuriating, Corin or Lore? Not excited about Corin or Lore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither of them are very exciting. By the way, if Shush anyone Octopus. ships yes. Corin and Lore, there are so many great options for shipper names there. Gore. Lauren. Core Lore. Core Lore and Hornin. Core and Lornin. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Lord Someone Cornyn. cut off Danny's mic. <laughs> Danny, go back. Go back. Go back. <laughs> Say Horden. <laughs> I think I heard it. Yeah. Oh Is, isn't Horden just corn and horn combined? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's just a corn, corn here. So that. That's oh, the Corrin right. Corrin ship, yeah, which is Corrin's favorite ship. That's the Corrin. That's the current ship. Yeah. Horn and lore would be whore. No. <laughs> okay. And I think you have some responses to this discussion question. Our listeners approach this question slightly differently. <laughs> um, Shasha Octopus said, "Corrin Horn Kirtan is almost adorable in his childlike optimism and constant ineptitude." Almost. Oh, <laughs> he just keeps dropping all the food everywhere. <laughs> it's almost cute. Um, Hassan said, Cornhorn is a self-centered crybaby and needs some professional help. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> some harsh words about Corin. A self-centered crybaby. I mean, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> Ian Miller said, Kirtan Lord because he's completely pointless except for exposition. Corin, despite being a Gary Stew, does have actual point. He then added, Kirtan Lore is also the worst because he won't stop bothering Hiram off Mantuin Mantuin III for autographed holos. Yeah. Corin Horn doesn't take no for an answer. Oh. Oh, wait, that's Kirtan Lore. I'm sorry. Sorry. Nancy said, Nancy said, Lore, Corin's like your annoying dude bro tries to do good cousin. Lore is like your boring uncle. Oh, that's really true, actually. He is like a boring uncle. Yeah, but he sometimes beats people up, which was like the first time I liked him. Jonathan Nerf Baker said, Corin, because OMG, that OMG dude, take the hint. Ugh, Eresy. Yeah, pretty much. Just do her, man. 
I mean, you're not wrong. It would probably work out some of the tension going on between them. Yeah. I'm like, they could both focus. They're not focused. Right, maybe it would reduce some of his monologues a bit. Yeah. Or he would just monologue the entire time. I was going to say, you know right. that if that scene never happens, we're going to listen to Corrin's inner monologue throughout the entirety of the exchange. Yeah, he would like, be dead. He'd like go to shoot a stormtrooper and be like, well, what about Aerys C? What would she <laughs> think about this? She'd be fine. It would be really insufferable, you're right. <laughs> ben said, Corrin, Laura's like a crappy middle manager at work. Corrin is like the new guy at work who thinks he does everything better. Oh my uh, god, I had a like that I worked with. Crappy, crappy middle manager is such a good way to describe <laughs> Kirtan Lore. Yes. It's so good. Jay said, Lore, Corn's just frustrating, but Lore's tomfoolery is bringing down an empire. My empire. Also, his thing for Isard is gross. Super oh, gross. Classic Jay. My empire, Jay. You're on the wrong side there, buddy. Yep. Pew pew. <laughs> And finally, Greg said, Corin for sure. Lore is more like insufferable than infuriating. Corin though. Corin though. Corin's are. Accurate. Yeah, that's a really good point. Corin though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then for this week's question, we kind of, I accidentally started talking about it earlier. What kind of shenanigans do you imagine Tycho and Mtray being caught up in while secretly vis- serving Wedge on Coruscant? I really want to see... Tycho patiently waiting outside while M-Tray does that droid spa from the Clone Wars. Oh my god. Oh man. I would love that. I would like to see them do like a spa day together though. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah. Like I, when this all went down, I started mentioning the, mentioning the buddy cop thing earlier. I imagine that they're just like BFFs now and have been like hanging out and like going to do things like go to the spa together and like maybe M-Tray needs a new part so he and Corrin go shopping together or not Corrin he and Tycho go shopping together like I want like Tycho M-Tray buddy cop I in my head they're going shopping together and it's like the um, montage from the movies whenever friends go shopping and try on different outfits and like Tycho comes out in a suit yeah and then, like, the curtain opens and M-Tray's wearing, like, a Hawaiian outfit. And then the curtain opens and Tycho's wearing, like... Nothing. Uh, nothing. And then the curtain opens. And, <laughs> or no, and then it cuts to <laughs> M-Tray winking. Cowboy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! See, I would like to imagine that during this time, Tycho has told M-Tray how disturbing the wink is, so he's never going to do it again. They've, like, bonded. Right. You know? Well, they both wink at each other. Like, M-Tray oh. winks at Tycho. It's like, yeah, hey, buddy. Alternatively, M-Tray has convinced Tycho how awesome the wink is. And now for the rest yeah. of the books, Tycho's just constantly going to be winking at everyone. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I-, I can live with that. The best. Seth, do you have any ideas? I'm thinking. I don't... Everything you guys did is so good. I just I want the I want the chain... Like, the trying on clothes montage so, so bad now. It's so good. <laughs> I wanted to go on like a stupid like thing like Isra and Zeb went looking for the Melu run and when like R2 and C3PO went looking for that one other fruit I can't remember what it's called because it was so long ago like I want something like that where they just get like so many random shenanigans just trying to get like this one simple thing that should just be easy to get 
they lose it and they have to like go into the sewers for it or something. Like I don't I, know. But, yeah. I would love to see because he's blonde, I wanna see <laughs> Tycho dressed up as Luke Skywalker and M Trey as three PO. <laughs> Oh my god, they cosplay as <laughs> Luke and so 3 p They went to Coruscant Comic Con. <laughs> so good! <laughs> yes. Otherwise known as Co-Cubed. Co-Cubed. Gotcha. Yes, I want that. Yep. Oh god, Great. it's me, I'm sorry. Good. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> good work. Strings dolls on my hands. I was just thinking about Tycho and M-Trey just being cute buddies. This is like, I didn't expect to like this as a friendship, but I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah, like anything with M-Trey in it is, like, kind of hard for me to wrap my brain around. What if, like, M-Trey dies and like just has to hold him in his arms? It's- oh my gosh, don't say things like that. <laughs> you know, I always have to take a tragic spin on everything. Yeah, Sav, come on. <laughs> yeah. Has so Tycho not had enough tragedy for you? My goodness. Yeah, now he can't lose his new best friend? No, he can't. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so listeners, you should give us happier head cannons than I just did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can tweet them at us at Twitter at RoguePodron. You can email things to us at roguepod at farfarawayradio.com. Our website is roguepodron.tumblr.com. And you can subscribe to us via the Farfaway Radio feed in iTunes, Stitcher, or FeedBurner. Okay, listeners, only two more segments left. So next time on Rogue Podron, we have X-Wing, Wedge's Gamble, chapters 38 through 42. And with that, this is Rogue Padrin signing off. Bash out. Pew 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 Boom. Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. And so Corrid runs over yeah, to Patches. Well, uh, Saf, predatoring. You're you're sorry. messed up tonight, Saf. I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am. Hang Why on, I'm gonna go like yell at my dad Saf? really quickly and just make sure he's not using the. Wow. Did you yell at my dad? Hang okay. on. <laughs> just like Corrid. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I yell at my just, dad. Just like Corrid. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hi. Hey, girl. What? Hey. She's not even in the call. What? Steph, did you just head over to Meg's house? <laughs> yeah, you know. Yes, that's why I was gone. <laughs> why aren't you in the call? Where is your voice coming from? She's in the call. I don't see her. It's coming from my mouth. <laughs> it's coming from <laughs> Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, tonight. Some problems. We are young. I hope that's in the cast. I probably will be.